G'day everybody, my name is Elliot Waters and you're listening to the Disregulator Podcast. As always, thank you for tuning in. Today's episode is the next in the DBT Skills Series and today we're going to look at something called the wise mind. I say we get straight into it because the wise mind is such a crucial, crucial component of dialectical behavior therapy. So speaking of that therapy, in DBT there is a core concept where we all have three states of mind. That is the emotional mind, the thinking or rational mind, and finally the wise mind which bridges both. It is the wise mind state and approach which is what we're going to talk about here today and hopefully achieve it for you as well. The perfect balance between emotionally driven cognitions and logical thinking. But each of these mind states independently can influence our thoughts and behaviors in both a positive or negative sense. That is why it is so important to integrate these different mind states successfully. So before we get into the practice, though, let's break down these mind states and in hopefully a clear and concise manner. Here we go. We're starting off with the emotional mind. The emotional mind occurs when your thoughts and behaviors are controlled by, yes, you probably guessed it, your emotions. During this time, logical thinking and planning may be particularly difficult, facts can be distorted, and other thoughts may carry with them extra significance more so than they deserve. You can think of these thoughts and behaviors as being hot and potentially volatile, and the energy of these thoughts and behaviors can amplify any given situation often to levels that are not in keeping with the situation at all. This can result in behaviors and thoughts that go well beyond what you would reasonably expect from yourself. That whole, oh geez, I shouldn't have said that one type of scenario. And I'm sure we've all been there. The problem is some of us, like me, go there quite a bit. So anyway, anyway, wise mind, and I'm going to fix that. So basically, the emotional mind is driven by feelings, and not all of these feelings are positive, but they aren't all negative either. They need to be assessed for their validity before we can proceed in a mindful and wise way. So just some very brief examples of of the emotional mind negatively driving our behavior. This can include saying something hurtful to somebody in the heat of the moment without thinking clearly, taking an impulsive holiday trip without planning for it appropriately, purchasing something that you just cannot afford, and substance abuse. And there's more than that as well. And I'm sure we all have our own little examples that apply to us. I've got a few. But as you can imagine, being driven by emotions and feelings comes with the positives as well. It's not all bad news. I would say overall, this podcast, this this podcast that we're listening to right now, stems from my emotional mind. That's where it was born and that's where the motivation's coming from. And that's why we don't try and get rid of this way of thinking. We instead try to integrate it with rational thinking to combine us into a wise mind state. So it's all good that I want to do this whole podcast thing. I've got this big idea, you know, it's going to change the world. But then my rational mind will say, okay, well, you know, maybe bring those expectations in a little bit, but we can we can work around that. This is what we should do, the process to actually get it started. And then the wise mind brings it all together and it's all all very succinct and beautiful. So, so um, yeah, so we do not want to get rid of the emotional mind. Definitely not. That is not what I'm advocating for because often it is the emotional mind that really taps into our psyche and asks the difficult question, how are we really doing? 
And soon enough, we will feel the answer in our guts, the answer to that question. It is also where our passion for different things come from, how we wear our hearts on our sleeve, and our emotions can drive us to achieve great things. But this state of thinking needs to be under control, because often it's not, and often it is the other way around. So as you might have guessed it, the thinking or rational mind is very much the antithesis of the emotional mind. Instead, thoughts and behaviors are seen uh, uh, sorry, instead of thoughts and behaviors being seen as hot like previously, you can think of these as being cool or cold instead. The cold hard facts of the situation, stable, objective, that is thoughts and behaviors that are usually well thought out, logical and use reasoning. But this way of thinking can be very unforgiving and lacking empathy or compassion for others. And that's not a good thing either. According to the American Psychological Association or the APA, the rational mind is made up of four key attributes. The first being that this way of thinking and behaving guides sensible action. It also means removing emotion where possible and an absence of bias in a judgment. The idea is that we maximize positive functions of our behavior and finally using logic, using our logical mind to produce optimal results. But it isn't all good news. Remember, emotions are important. They guide our thinking and behavior for good reason. It is an evolutionary advantage that we have as humanoids. So we don't want to completely remove them. They, they have lots of utility, but we do want to be in control of them. And we'll get into that more shortly. So examples of the rational mind include planning, step-by-step. Just pl- You could just say planning. That's so much of what the rational mind does is planning. Step-by-step to achieve an outcome or goal. So instead of just impulsively jumping at the chance to go on a trip away, you will plan it out thoroughly and ultimately have a better time. Uh, the rational mind will make sure that we only purchase something if it's within our budget Instead of blowing up at someone in a rage or in a fit of rage, we think carefully before we speak, which is important. That is something, a skill in itself, which the wise mind can help us with. But it does bring up an interesting point, I think. This is a little aside. This is just something that sprung to my head as I was researching this, and I have no idea if any of this is valid, but this is just some thoughts I come up with. And the thoughts concern empathy. Now, the question I posed to myself when researching the material for this episode was whether empathy was an emotional or rational phenomena. On first thought, excuse me, I would have I would have said emotional for sure, for sure. You know, you're trying to tap into their emotions and like, you know, feel what they're feeling, you know, walking in their shoes, you know, all that sort of stuff. I would have thought that'd be emotional for sure. But during my meditation on the wise mind, which I've been doing, I've shifted my thoughts a bit on this. To try and explain someone else's thoughts and behaviors and understand it rationally, empathy is a big part of this equation. Yet being empathetic to somebody's plight involves usually compassion among other emotions. So to me, empathy is a joining of qualities that bridge the gap between the emotional and rational mind. Just just a side point that, that I just come up with. But I think I think it does. I think it sort of, it has one foot on in each camp, because yeah, we need the emotion there, you know, to tap into something, uh, to use empathy on with something that's emotionally driven. It is, but when we look at the out, so that's getting it started. If we look at the outcome though of this, 
what you're left with is is a clear picture of hopefully of what the person's going through and then a bit of a plan and framework has been created as you're doing all this without really knowing in the brain of how to resolve this issue or how best to offer help and that's a very rational way of looking at it so i think empathy has a foot in each camp okay so there you go there's another of elliot's amazing psychological investigations that have come up trumps all right anyway moving along where are we up to? So this is where we're up to. Uh, the wise mind. How do we conceptualize it? Well, it is the overlap between both states of mind. For a graphical representation of this, check out the Dysregulated Podcast Instagram page. I've put a photo up there, which I think demonstrates it pretty well. Now, Marsha Linehan, the creator of DBT, Zen master that she is, describes it in, it in this way that the wise mind is the part of each person that can know and experience truth. It is where the person knows something is to be true or valid. It is almost always quiet. It has a certain peace to it. It is where the person knows something in a centered way. Right. So the wise mind is the optimal mode of acting, thinking, or behaving that is responsive, flexible, and complete. The synthesis of emotion and reason. The wise mind is able to recognize feelings and respect them whilst responding to them in a rational manner. Right. And that's where I think empathy sort of fits into that descriptor just there. So looking now at the DBT Skills Training Handbook by Marsha Linehan that I'm lucky enough to have a copy of, this is how it describes the wise mind, straight from the source. So it explains that the wise mind is the inner wisdom that each one of us has. When we access our inner wisdom, we say we are in wise mind. When we enter the state of wise mind, we integrate opposites, including our reasonable and emotional states of mind, and we are open to experiencing reality as it is. So the wise mind is very much walking down the middle path of living. Okay, let's see how well you've listened to previous episodes of this podcast. Who remembers? Hands up. Who remembers way back when I did the episodes on the left and right brain? Who remembers that? Everybody, I'm sure. For the big fans, you'll also be aware that I haven't done the third and final episode of that series. It's on my list. It is coming. I promise. I promise. And it's going to look at schema therapy and psychoanalysis, two really big therapies, which is why it's taking longer than I wanted it to, because I want to do it properly. Anyway, I will get to it. I promise. But the point here is that the left brain in this context is the rational mind and the right brain is the emotional So the DBT skill of wise mind nicely complements the idea of the left and right brain theory and the importance of integration, which we went through in those past episodes. So it maps onto each other very nicely. So the good news is that we all have a wise mind, all of us, even me. The difficult part, though, is often our ability to tap into it. So how do we tap into it? Well, we have to practice a skill that is going to come up over and over and over again And I've just lost my place over, there it is, over and over and over again through this DBT series. And it is, it is a skill, my friends, called mindfulness. I'm sure you've all heard of mindfulness. It is the big thing at the moment. And mindfulness is also my Achilles heel. I am not good at mindfulness. Now, those with ADHD will understand the difficulties with mindfulness. But even those of us with ADHD can master this technique 
We just need to be smart about it. More on that in subsequent episodes as well. I've got some good tips there. One of the tips with mindfulness, though, is to practice it during easier, less risky situations. It is no good doing the Elliot way of things. I'll put my hand up for this, which is to only use mindfulness when you're in meltdown mode. It's too late by that point. You aren't good enough or put in enough practice to be able to use it with so much head noise going on. So often when I'm starting to really go bad and drift down, I'll start coloring in. But the coloring in just just really, really frustrates me, especially in those moments, because it's too little too late by that point. I needed to be doing this coloring in every morning for weeks leading up to it, and then we would have avoided all of this, I'm sure. You don't just grab the book and then expect to you know, draw between the lines when you're in a super heightened state, that's for sure. So anyway, mindfulness though, if you practice it, it does bring great results, and there'll be plenty more on that on this podcast coming forward as well. Because if we can get mindfulness to work as a habit, so it needs to be habitual, not just every now and then, and then we can turn it into an automatic response to to threats or to negative emotion, then it can bring us out of our downward spirals, and it does a great job of it. So mindfulness is huge, everybody, and it's I'm just going to have to keep talking about it, which is good for me because, as I said, I'm not particularly good at mindfulness. I need to tighten up my approach. And that's why these episodes are really good for me too, because it sort of shines the light on me when I write all this stuff down and think, hey, how much of this am I actually doing? Anyway, a lot more of it soon, that's for sure. Okay, let's get into some practice. The following techniques and tips come directly from the DBT Skills Training Handbook. For those following at home, we are looking at Mindfulness Handout 3A. So one way to focus on the wise mind is to breathe in. I know, breathe in, it's hard. Breathe in and say to yourself, why? It actually is hard. <gasps> Wise. <laughs> and breathing out, say, mind. Mind. You can also do it, which I find better, if you just do it in your head. So, <sighs> breathe in, wise. Breathe out, mind. Just like that. Focus your attention on the word wise then focus it again entirely on the word mind. Continue until you get a sense that you have settled into the wise mind. And I'll say in a minute what that sort of feels like. So yes, simple. Breathe in, breathe out, think wise, mind. And and we're just about halfway there already, which is great. You can also ask the wise mind the question. When breathing in, ask the question. And when breathing out, listen for the answer. The key here is to listen, not tell yourself the answer. Really listen for it. Continue to ask on each in-breath for some time. If no answer appears, then try again a little bit later on. So a lot of this, you're probably thinking, how can you ask a question but then not tell yourself the answer? It's because when we say we will tell the answer, that's our conscious mind. A lot of the stuff that we're searching for in our psyche to explain some of the things going on and going wrong in our lives, they are actually in the subconscious. These breathing meditation um, uh, examples are a great way to tap into the subconscious, unconscious mind and then bring it to consciousness. And that's when you hear it because it, it explodes into your conscious mind. It's like, ha ha, there it is. So, but you don't want to wrestle with it because as I said, the idea is, you know, 
Carl Rogers, very famous psychologist, said, you know, in therapy, you're meant to walk next to the client. You don't pull them, you know, you don't drag them kicking and screaming. You walk next to the client because the client knows deep within what's actually going on. Usually the client just needs the confidence and to be empowered and and to feel safe enough to be able to make the changes in the life they know they need to make. This is a similar sort of principle. So we're not trying to wrestle with it. Our answers are coming from within. We've just got to do these breathing exercises and just let it rise to the top because I'm telling you, in my experience anyway, not just me, just people I've spoken to about this point, just about all of us have said that, yeah, deep down, we all know what's going on. We just don't want to focus on it because it's scary, you know, it's in the dark part of the psyche. It's not good. So yeah, so it sounds a bit weird at on first read about breathing um, and trying to get answers, but not telling yourself the answer, but it, it does work, trust me, but it may take a few goes of it. That's the only thing. Okay. Um, Next is when you think you have tapped into the wise mind, you've got to ask yourself a lot of questions in this. Ask yourself on the in-breath, is this action, thought, plan, or whatever, is this the wise mind? Again, on the out-breath, listen for the answer. Don't force it and continue asking on each in-breath for some time. Again, if nothing comes to mind, ask again later. But usually, usually you can feel it when you're in wise mind, you know, everything's a bit more manageable. If you've got ADHD like me, you've always got tasks flying at you that get you overwhelmed. When you're in the wise mind, all of a sudden they're in a linear, um, uh, yeah, a linear sort of, um, um, you know, they're flying at me linearly. So it's one, two, three, four, not, not 25, four, eight, 10, you know, flying from different directions. It's orderly. And that's how I know that I'm in the wise mind because whatever it is I'm focusing on, there's order order to it. There is actual order and I can see the steps that need to be taken to achieve whatever goal it is I'm trying to achieve. So there's a hell of a lot of breathing going on, right? So how do we breathe properly? Big question. Well, that is how do we breathe mindfully? Well, we need to focus our attention on our center. So next exercise, breathing in completely. Notice and follow the sensations of your breath coming in. Let your attention settle into your center at the bottom of your breath, at your solar plexus, or let your attention settle in the center of your forehead, your third eye, at the top of your breath, top of your breath for that one. Keeping your attention at your center, exhale, breathing normally, maintaining attention and settle into wise mind. Some other ways to practice being mindful include being mindful within the routines of our daily life. Use the wise mind to bring to moment, moment to moment, activities such as brushing your teeth, making a coffee or some other task. Make a deliberate effort to focus on each step of the task, uh, every minor detail. By incorporating this into your day-to-day life, we strengthen the skill of mindfulness and the wise mind. Woohoo! Okay. So what happens when we feel overwhelmed or frazzled? This is something I feel a lot of. Well, what you can say in this moment using the wise mind skill, just this one moment, just this one task to remind yourself that your only requirement at the moment is to do one thing in the moment, wash one dish, take one step, move one set of muscles in this moment. 
let the next moment go until you get there yourself. So again, very much about that mindful idea of living in the now. Now, there are, there are many wise mind exercises you can follow, and we don't have all the time in the world here to list each one, but I do recommend doing a Google search and discovering what skills work for you, because the wise mind and mindfulness in general is a key component of dialectical behavior therapy, and we're going to keep talking about it in future episodes as well. So really good to get this sort of foundational knowledge under wraps. Let's get that sorted. But I do want to bring to our attention one last wise mind skill. This is called the three-minute wise mind. In the workbook, it's part of Mindfulness Handout 9A. It goes something, well, exactly like this, straight from the book. Bring yourself into the present moment by adopting a wide awake posture and then, in wise mind, ask, what is my experience right now? What thoughts and images are going through my mind? Notice them as mental events, as neural firing in the brain. Next, ask, what are my feelings and sensations in my body? Notice these as they come into your awareness, then say, okay, this is how it is right now. Settle into wise mind and focus your entire attention on your breath as it goes in and as it goes out, one breath after another. Gather yourself all together and focus on the movements of your chest and abdomen, the rise and fall of your breath, moment by moment, breath by breath, as best you can. Let your breath become an anchor to bring you into the present moment. Once you have gathered yourself to some extent, allow your awareness to expand. As well as being aware of the breath, include also a sense of the body as a whole, your posture, your facial expressions, your hands. Follow the breath as if your whole body is breathing. When you are ready, step back into your activities, acting from wise mind of your whole body in the present moment. So how does it feel to be in the wise mind zone? Well, it tends to feel different to different people. The following are just a few examples of what wise mind state can feel like. As with most of these exercises, the responsibility, I have to say, is on you guys to figure out though, or sorry, to figure out through trial and error how these techniques feel and play out for you. Sometimes the wise mind isn't felt in the mind at all. It is felt in the center of our bodies. We sort of said that before. Or perhaps it is felt between your eyes or in the center of your mind. It could be when you have a sense that you're stepping back and looking at a situation holistically. From an objective standpoint, it can be like the calm after an intense storm of emotions and thoughts. It is looking at the whole picture instead of the minor details. And finally, the wise mind may evoke some negative feelings, as if you don't want the answer to be true, but you know it is the right thing to do. I guess it's like when you end a, oh, I don't know, a relationship, you may still care for the person involved big time and wish things could be different, but deep down, you know what has to be done. Oh, dear, oh dear. Very triggering. Okay. On that note, so there you have it, the DBT skill called Wise Mind. Remember to check the podcast Instagram page for a graphical representation of Wise Mind. This is a skill like anything else that requires practice. Don't wait until we are spiraling downwards before using these principles. Practice Wise Mind every day if you can, every day. And it can be as easy as focusing on the feeling of brushing your teeth. 
The key is the awareness of our thoughts, behaviors, and if they are coming from the emotional right brain, the logical left brain, or from the center of the wise mind. Okay, thank you everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed that one and learned a thing or two. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions. And I look forward to seeing you here next time on the Dysregulated Podcast.